0: This is Unfiltered, episode 202 for August 31st, 2016.
1: First, they stole secrets from the Democrats. Now it appears foreign cyber criminals are going after voting data and maybe even your vote. There are urgent concerns tonight that someone is already trying to hack into the computers that run the November election. And those concerns are setting off alarm bells here in Washington and all over the country.
2: Off a visit from Donald Trump himself in our beautiful state of Washington. Welcome again to another episode of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. I'm Chase. There's Chris. Hello, Mr. Chase. And so you went to the rally, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. I spend my
0: time going to that rally. Uh, so, s- yeah. you know, we got a few notes into the show asking if we'd have any reporting on the Donald Trump visit to Everett, Washington, it was, right? Right. Yeah. I, um, well, we might have some discussion on it in a bit in yeah. some wider context, but we got a lot to talk about on this week's yeah. episode. Yes, we do. I was just telling Chase before the show started, man, I would be a happy camper if we could have an entire episode where we never even have to mention the election. But with, with it being now literally less than seventy days away, not quite possible. But before we no. do get into that, we got we got some really fascinating quote unquote cyber news. More cyber, big big things happening in Turkey and Syria. And I also want to stress right here at the top of the show yeah. that the overtime this week, if you don't normally catch the overtime, do try to make time for it because there is some late-breaking news that's massively important that is going in the overtime this week. Wow. So it's a big overtime, big top of the show, Chase. Nice. Lots to cover. Plus, we do have some election stuff to get into uh, and and some of the other uh, meat and potatoes We've been chewing on recently. Mm. You want to get right into the uh, the old cyber, uh, the whole cyber. Yeah, let's go at the cyber. Let's do it. So there was a big breach, uh, big breach, and the FBI is warning people about it. And the the place that broke the news, Chase. Can you guess who this is? It's Yahoo. Yeah, Yahoo. No, Yahoo News is breaking this supposed massive story here. And
3: I'm Stephanie Sy, and this is Yahoo News now.
2: Wait, Stephanie Sy. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, wasn't she on tech TV? Uh I don't know. I have to look that
3: up. Just a little over two months to the elections, the FBI says foreign hackers have penetrated state election systems. What? Yahoo News' chief investigative correspondent Michael Isakoff broke this story, joins us now with the details. Mike, uh, this is quite a scoop.
0: You write... So Mike was leaked some emails and a letter by the FBI and some plans by the Department of Homeland Security. So Mike, somehow, Yahoo News got leaked this information. And uh, here's his report.
4: In your article, uh, that two state election
5: databases in recent weeks have been compromised. Uh, was any voter information compromised? Uh, in the case of the, the two states, were Arizona and Illinois, and in the state, in the case of Illinois, about 200, up to 200,000, uh, information on up to 200,000 voters was uh, exfiltrated or basically stolen. And you heard it there, foreign hackers, Chase, huh. foreign hackers.
0: Can you guess... Uh, who the foreign hackers are? You got uh, any guesses who might who might have done this
2: hmm. this hack job? Uh, Russia. Yeah.
5: Okay. Let's see. Let's All see. Foreign hackers.
0: Uh, you had. Um, uh you know, watch his eyes. It's telling sometimes when people are doing interviews. You can tell when they're when they're remembering something or they're when they're imagining something. Just watch his eyes. A, a cybersecurity expert. Uh, oh, okay. So we're t- so we are uh, uh, we're getting a a a a a, a, a cybersecurity uh, expert.
5: Uh, you had um, uh, a cybersecurity expert. Oh, okay. So uh, a cybersecurity expert. Who, uh, uh, who's who been examining those Russian attacks says he does see certain parallels, parallels. Uh, between the way these hacks were done and other Russian state sponsored cyber attacks one of the IP addresses one
0: of the IP addresses well oh. it's always interesting when these super sophisticated state hackers uh, forget to cover their IP address up
5: uh, d- disclosed in the FBI flash alert does link to Russian criminal hacker forums oh. uh, that have been that have surface before, so there are clues, but look, uh, reaching hard conclusions on attribution is very difficult. It's difficult, he's about to say, (laughs) but the
0: clip got cut off there. Uh,
5: It's very difficult. So this quickly escalates
0: from one IP address, and this may or may not have happened. We have this leaked email to full-fledged Fox News alert status. We need to totally panic.
6: The FBI warning election officials nationwide to step up security. After foreign hackers apparently successfully broke into one state's Board of Elections website and targeted at least one other. What sources now confirm to Fox News that the FBI sent out an alert to law enforcement a little more than a week ago, they were just learning of it, warning about potential cyber attacks aimed at election systems. Yahoo News first obtained the alert, which which reads in part, and I quote, the FBI is requesting that states contact their Board of Elections and determine if any similar activity To their logs, both inbound and outbound, has been detected.
0: You know, we we really recommend you do your job, check your logs. Yeah, yeah, check
6: your logs. Go for it. Catherine Herridge with the news. She's live in Washington. (laughs) Yes. Do we know what
0: states were affected here, Catherine?
3: Well, so this four-page alert, as you mentioned... Ah! (laughs) I knew you were going to love
0: it.
2: Uh, For those who are not watching the video, Catherine Herridge has the FBI report... But it's actually facing the camera, yeah. so when she pulls it up, it's ready you to go. can see it. N-
0: nobody does a prop like Catherine. No. Nobody. It's, just,
2: and it's always the same hand. Yeah, the, the same approach,
0: uh, the same reach. It's so great. Logs, it's so good. Both
6: inbound and outbound has been detected. Catherine Harridge with the news. She's live in Washington. Do we know what states were affected here, Catherine? Well, so this
3: four-page alert, as you mentioned, was first obtained by Yahoo News and now confirmed by Fox independently, and it was sent to election officials after foreign hackers targeted voter registration databases in two states. Based on our reporting, we believe Illinois was affected, and we're working to confirm whether the second is Arizona. The FBI reports that eight IP addresses...
0: All right, here we go. Now we've got eight IP addresses.
2: Yes, eight IP
0: addresses that Uh are registered to Russian addresses? Uh, Actually, it's IP addresses... That's a good question. So it's two things, according to these security experts. It's IP addresses that they, in some cases, and I think one case, have seen before, or IP addresses that they have seen on Russian hacker forums, either like from posters or servers or something. And so they got eight of these, seven of which they've seen on the hacker forms, one of which they've seen once before.
3: Each a unique numeric code identifying an individual computer. Used readily available software to scan the board of election websites.
0: This is where it starts to fall apart. So part of the claims that it's Russian is that they the techniques paralleled previous Russian attacks. The same tool sets were used. Right. Here's the problem. The software that was used is standard web scanner stuff. Uh, and in okay. fact, once the web scan was complete... The tool that was used to get the information is a standard open-source SQL dump tool. (laughs) Nothing special. It's available in any Linux distro repository. It's very simple stuff. So this is their evidence that points to the Russians. It was misconfigured websites that the attacker was able to identify just by scanning the website, doing a remote vulnerability scan, and then using an open-source SQL data extraction tool. By the way, all this information is cited in the show notes. They extracted the information. This is the sophisticated attack. And remember, these supposed Russian state attackers are not sophisticated enough to hide their IP addresses, but they are sophisticated enough to be state actors. Uh
3: huh. Only available software to scan the board of election websites for vulnerabilities. Then, after a successful breach, voter data was stolen. At least one IP address was used in both attacks, suggesting some level of coordination. <laughs>
0: uh here's what we have happening and I'm just gonna put it, I'm just yeah I, I don't yeah. I don't have I don't have any actual links to back this up so this is technically conspiracy bacon mm, you know what
2: yep that tastes like Vancouver British Columbia
0: this is a heyday for hackers this is a heyday so somebody used commonly available vulnerability scanners and a SQL dump tool to get access to this they figured out well if they're using the CMS on this site this place might also be using the same CMS. The same attack works twice. Now this attacker, probably some dude somewhere in some backwater U.S. state, downloads this information fully with the intention of simply selling this information for identity fraud. It's it's clear and simple identity fraud data. That's what they want this for. That's who's using it is just standard crooks who do identity theft. But the heyday comes in because the media and the political atmosphere is just so ready to spin this as cyber attacks by a foreign government. They spin, 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 that you can get in, get this information, sell it on the black market, and all of it's pinned on the Russians.
2: You're never going to get caught. And not only that, it actually helps spin it up. So they can spend more money on, oh, we need to upgrade our systems, we need we need better security, or we need to actually, spend more millions and what's even of worse, dollars. And we're about to get into this.
0: Is it's being suggested perhaps that the federal government should get involved to protect the elections. Department of Homeland uh, Security should be getting involved to protect the elections, which think about that for a second. But before we go any further, I, I just wanna I wanna underscore how simple of an attack we are talking about. Anyone in this audience listening to this show could do it simply. You get a VPN to a foreign country. Absolutely easy. There's a lot of really great ones out there. One that I use, I, I pay completely with Bitcoin. There's no connection to my name anywhere there is brilliant. So you get a VPN to a foreign country, you use standard available, you don't even have to go into quote-unquote hacker forms, just go get something like ARC, uh, 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 so any of the, I won't name them, but just any of the Linux distributions, there's one I've talked about a lot on Linux Unplugged, that have all of the tools you need to do this, you connect that to the VPN service provider, you do a scan of these websites, you download their database, boom, you've now hacked it. That's three, four steps, you've hacked these people, and they're claiming these are state actors. Literally Almost anyone in our audience could do it There are distributions set up with the tools There are VPNs you can pay anonymously And they are not protecting their websites And they're not updating or patching their websites There's nothing sophisticated about these attacks
3: The same threat prompted Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson To hold a conference call with state election officials in mid-August Offering federal experts to scan for additional weaknesses And shore up the voting systems while Homeland Security is responsible for protecting critical infrastructure, such as the power grid, there is a growing consensus among some cyber specialists that the federal government should also provide some kind of safety net for the electoral process, whether it's the national committees from the DNC to the RNC to the actual voting itself, Shep.
0: Now that, to me, is this, if the federal government got involved in that level, that would be, uh, I think that would be a hell of a turn of events. Totally.
1: First they stole secrets from the Democrats, now it appears foreign cyber criminals are going after voting data and maybe even your vote.
0: So this was our opening clip and I want to jump ahead, so this is the part uh, that you didn't see. Here's a little more about the Department of Homeland Security and uh, their overall plans.
1: Trust
6: and confidence in American institutions, for example, like the electoral system.
3: The FBI alert asks that states contact the Board of Elections and determine if any similar activity to their logs, both inbound and outbound, has been detected. The same threat prompted Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson to hold a conference call with state election officials in mid-August.
0: Now, I don't have great details on that conference call, but in the show notes, I got the official statement from um, from the uh, from the Department of Homeland Security, and they, they talk about it in there like uh, – kind of the overall services that they're offering and like it's like a cyber security assessments and things like that, 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 right. that different uh, p- people can take advantage of. What I'm concerned about is that what this next, uh, next person in this clip is about to talk about is picture the scenario where it comes and it, it seems like it's likely that it's a really, really close election, right? Look at all of the cyber-rattling, cage-rattling, that Hillary Clinton's campaign has been doing about Russia since the DNC leak to cover- Oh, yeah, I know. If it came down to a really close election, couldn't you see the Clinton campaign well, saying, well, it was Russia's involvement that swayed it to Donald?
2: Yeah, but you know what? Donald's also been saying, well, look, it's, if I don't win, it's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. He said that quite a few times. Maybe
0: this. So maybe this is the preemptive- Narrative that they are building so that right. when the election occurs this is already in our minds They're just gonna they're, look it's it's only it's only a, it's only like 70 days till the election They just have to keep running this for a couple of more months and they have this narrative ready to go here's a
2: here's a former uh, uh, Bush guy and uh, so they wouldn't pin it on a third party like say Johnson gets in there and pulls votes away from know. both sides I don't know I mean it, I think that's the
7: media's plan Really? We'll get to that. A
3: former Bush Homeland Security Administration official said the issue goes beyond November.
7: If we ended up having a razor-thin election and there's any question of even a small number of votes, that could create a crisis of confidence in the entire electoral process.
3: And let's say the issue should rise above partisan politics, and both Republican and Democrat should get behind an effort by the administration to make clear to foreign hackers that the U.S. will not tolerate any kind of tampering bread.
0: So what do you think of that? What do you think of that? That they're already kind of predicting that there's going to be a loss or
2: a crisis of confidence, as they put it. <sighs> man, it, you know, when you paint that picture, it just really makes me wonder that, man, they're, they're re- being very proactive in setting up the narrative, and that's scary and it was it, it, it there still
0: has not been and I'll pl- I have I'll have more clips We'll play in the overtime there has still been no official linking from the federal government to the russians none even in the uh even in the post that the FBI uh, was putting out saying be concerned about this protect yourselves at the bottom and they where they talk about recent local state hackings at the bottom they say and we uh don't have any evidence to actually connect it to any particular attack hmm. they don't have they don't have they're not citing who it is but it's not really stopping the media. No, no, that's not. Let's let's shift gears from that. That's just a very. I don't know if there's much more for us to say. Which is something to keep following, right? There, yeah. It's just every week they're hitting us with that. Every single week, the, driving that driving that further and further into our skulls, and. I think we should just keep an eye on it, and see where it goes.
2: Yeah, or it may not even go anywhere. It may just you know, be. Another... I think it's going somewhere. You think I so? I feel like it's going. I feel like it's
0: been building for weeks now, and we've been following it. It's something that happens on this show is there's a there is these stories that just keep building and building, and we follow them every single week. And then by you get a few weeks into it, now we realize there's some actual uh, something interesting developing here, and we've been we've been following it the entire time. This feels like one of those stories. This next story, however. <laughs> You know, sometimes uh, even even the most politician polished politicians have a gaffe, and I, I, I'm gonna guess that this what this what this, this this next thing is. But John Kerry has a solution. He's got the the, the go to solution for fixing terrorism. This will solve all problems. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, we just need to stop talking about it in the media. That's what it is. Oh, hold on. Sorry, I got uh, I got old John Kerry muted here. You
8: be a terrorist and you're willing to kill yourself?
0: You want to go be a terrorist and you're willing to kill yourself? Is what he just said.
8: You go out and kill some people. You can make some noise. Perhaps the media would do us all a service if they didn't cover it quite as much. People wouldn't
2: know what's going on. The media, did you hear that? People People wouldn't wouldn't know what's going on. they start clapping.
8: They didn't cover it quite as much. People wouldn't know what's going on.
0: So unfortunately, we're going to have to disappoint John Kerry, because we're going to cover a little terrorism (laughs) news here. Isn't that something?
2: Well, I agree with him on a small point, and that is we do over what terrorists do, right? You know, when they make, uh, like, mass killings and things like that. You know, yeah, you re- I think we should still report it, of course, and talk about it. Yeah, but, but they're not the like... very ones feeding that propaganda machine. Right. That's true. So, I don't know what he's expecting.
0: It's this weird pinning the blame on the very beast you've created.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, yeah, It is. it is strange. It is strange. And the situation is... I think it's, you know what I, you know what I, oh, this is what it is, Chase. all right It's because it's embarrassing for them.
2: Oh, it points them in a bad light. It really does. Like, yeah.
0: let's, let's talk about Turkey here for a moment.
9: There was more heavy fighting today along the Turkey-Syria border, but it's not going quite the way the U.S. wants. Holly Williams on the dilemma
10: posed by America's friends, who are foes. It began with Turkey launching an offensive against ISIS last week, sending tanks and Syrian rebel fighters over its border and into the town of Don't forget the the
2: Toyotas, by the way. There they are.
10: Turkey's a close U.S. ally. A close ally. The operation was backed up by Turkish and American airstrikes.
0: I mean, we're getting our nukes out there, and we may have been behind the coup, but they're a close ally, guys. Yeah, we're close.
10: But after an easy victory against ISIS, the Syrian rebels headed further south to take on Kurdish fighters. Turkey views the Kurdish group as terrorists, but the Kurdish fighters are backed by the U.S. They work together with American special forces. It's an ISIS fighter. And we've seen them up close, stripping away territory from ISIS. So now two U.S.-backed groups who were both supposed to be fighting islamic extremists are instead clashing with each other
0: oh oh man. Oh. that's not good kind of funny how that just keeps happening uh, maybe uh, it, maybe uh, we could have seen this one coming. And maybe. you know, reports are that ISIS has got some low low recruiting techniques. But I have a feeling the story is slightly different.
11: We are seeing ISIS using a frightening army of soldiers to fight its horrific war. Frightening because. They are children. A recent ISIS video showed armed young boys dressed in camouflage purportedly executing ISIS prisoners.
0: So here's what's really going on. And this is what's really disgusting about it.
11: CNN is choosing not to show that video.
0: The the disgusting thing is is that some of the the moderate rebels that we back, have you ever thought about how they get their numbers up? We incentivize them to recruit as fast as possible. When we decide we want to get into an area, we say, okay, now you need to go into this area, you need to recruit as fast as
11: possible. we
2: need more people right now.
11: But it comes after other disturbing developments, including the capture and disarming of a young boy, a teenager with a bomb belt. Strapped around him in
0: Iraq. This is the sad story. This is the this is the sad story of our interventions. Is we are fueling the monsters that are doing this thing to children. Wow. that's what's awful about it. Uh, but did you hear the good news, Chase? Oh, Everybody's the, excited. We have good news. Oh yeah, we killed somebody.
5: Another big headline in the fight against ISIS, with the group's website announcing the death of one of its top leaders after a U.S. airstrike in Syria. It was his chief global a f- U.S. airstrike. Affairs anchor Martha Reddit's tracking the story
0: from Washington. Mars this man Abu Muhammad al-Adnani was a double threat. A double threat chase.
2: Wait, but he's one person. <laughs> How is that
0: possible, George? Now uh, you gotta you gotta get your uh, bingo board out here because okay. uh, whenever you have a drone strike or an airstrike or a top ISIS official killed, well, hey, they gotta be a top, a top ISIS official.
2: Unfiltered Unfa- um, bingo. D- Forget yep, it.
0: It helps if they have been a spokesperson or a propaganda person, yep. and if they have done training or if they built bombs. So These are all things you got to square off. If after. you
2: are experienced with yeah. Final Cut, Twitter, yeah. <laughs> Facebook.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So let's see uh, what, uh, what boxes you get to check off on your Unfiltered Bingo.
4: He was one of the founders of ISIS. Oh, a founder. founder. Oh, that's
0: a good one. just
4: central figure in the organization who was not only a spokesman for the terrorist group.
0: Spokesman? Okay, okay there's, there's a okay. the group.
4: But the man responsible for organizing attacks against
0: Westerners. And organizing. There's there's, there's a solid. that people really checked off some boxes.
4: He is tied to the deadly attacks in Paris and Brussels. And he is the man who called out to lone wolves worldwide, urging ISIS sympathizers to take up whatever weapons they could find knives, rocks, vehicles.
0: Now, the interesting thing about uh, this particular report, and ABC, I guess, just uh, neglected to include this, but uh, it turns out, Chase, can uh, can you guess who actually killed
2: this supposed ISIS founder? Uh, it was themselves. It was an accidental... <laughs> grenade that went off
0: no 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 darn it it looks like it was actually a russian airstrike which is really it's a son of a gun one of those things just a son of a gun thing because we want to we want to promote it but we don't want to give and i got more clips in the overtime about that but i want to talk about this conflict with turkey because i want to stay on this before we go too much further turkey and the u.s they have they have been strategic allies for a long time turkey's part of NATO. But Russia has recently started working with Turkey as well, and Russia patched things up after Turkey downed one of the jets, and that was a big story we covered a while back. And there was a recent sort of hug it out campaign where uh, Biden went over to Turkey, met with Erdogan, figured things out, supported Turkey, and said, all right, you keep banging and bombing here. We won't back the Kurds in this particular area. Now, all of a sudden, the Kurds have said— Wait a minute. I thought we were allies. And the U.S. finds itself in an extremely awkward position where it's apparently losing influence
12: with both sides. I'll set it up for you a little bit. Two, And this is how the sides are currently dispersed. The Euphrates River has become a line of separation between Turkish and Kurdish forces. Uh, Turkey has been shelling their positions too, pushing them to the east. Well... Clashes between Turkey uh, and the Kurds are something of a headache for the U.S., which does uh, see them as uh, see both of them as allies. The Pentagon has already called on both sides to de-escalate the situation, calling it unacceptable. God, Over yes. the last few weeks, we have asked the U.S. State Department how it would deal with such a situation. Now, this is always awkward.
13: Now, are there disagreements uh, among uh, members of the coalition as to uh, how we proceed and 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 with whom we're cooperating on the ground? Uh, I'm not going to say that there, there aren't. We don't, as you know, recognize uh, the, the PYD as a terrorist organization. We That's the Kurds.
7: We recognize that the Turks do, and I understand that. Uh, even the best of friends aren't, aren't, ag- aren't going to agree on everything. We're
13: going to continue to work with the YPG as a part of the overarching uh, Syrian Democratic Forces. We disagree on the YPG. Uh, we've, we believe that they're focused on uh, fighting Daesh within Syria. The, the only
7: choice to be made is to continue the fight against Ash.
0: There you go. So that's that's our current position. It's awkward. Yeah, we support we support both sides. We're helping both sides. We're helping Turkey by helping them protect their border, taking off some of the heat there, allowing them to focus their military resources on other things, like killing Kurds. And we're arming the Kurds with our own ammunition, our own armor, yeah. and then the Turks are going over there and uh, blowing them up. We're back on both sides, and we're losing influence with both sides, too, as Turkey's recent deal with Russia shows.
14: In the conflict between Turkey and Turkish-backed rebels on the one hand and Syrian Kurds on the other, Washington finds itself supporting both sides, and neither side is happy with it. And the U.S. may be losing influence with both.
0: And we're also sort of stoking a brand new war, because even if we get everything which is i mean seems like a, a miracle sorted out in Syria with Assad and get ISIS out of there there is now this flare up between the Kurds and Turkey and the Kurds have more resources they have more they have more um um uh, re- territory they have more backing they have all this armor and guns they've been given by the US we're essentially setting up the next war already before we've even talked this uh, last one in off in the
2: foundation already it's, yeah you're it's, right. re-
0: it's pretty it's pretty nuts and there is perhaps some good news on all of it? We'll see.
11: The meeting between Russian Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov and U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry is underway. The diplomats are bidding to finally
0: end the deadlock. Oh. So the two big players in Syria's quote-unquote civil war So to resolve Syria's civil war, Russia and the U.S. are sitting down at the table because how else do you define a civil war? And they're hashing out some details.
11: For the brutal five-year war in Syria, RT's Emily Su is in Geneva following those talks.
15: The two sides are expected to bring a long list of clinching arguments to the table.
0: I'll play the rest of those arguments uh, in the overtime. But the the whole hope is there is actually a ceasefire agreement that the U.N. came up with that Russia's already signed on. I think Russia's tact here with Kerry is to try to get Russia or try to get the U.S. to sign on to that same thing, and they're going to use leverage of some of the recent hum, uh, humanitarian corridors that they've set up out of Aleppo, okay. which is a big yeah. thing for them. They've just recently killed this top leader. These are all interesting negotiating points they have as Kerry sits down uh, with Lavrov now. I don't know where it's going to go because it seems like a long shot.
2: But uh, there you have it. Well at least it's something positive right i thought so yeah, yeah i mean you know with all the killing and all the just disorganization that's yeah. been happening yeah, at is... least we're trending in a positive direction exactly. here and yeah that's the key
0: mm. Boy, I tell you what, as long as they're talking, it's going in that it's going in the right direction. It's not getting worse, I would hope. Yeah. Mr. Chase, before we transition into some more political things, we've kind of that kind of wraps up some of our world news. I thought coverage. we were done with
2: politics.
0: Uh-huh. I thought we're
2: going to sports. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna, that'll be after the
0: election. No, <laughs> That's t- right. Unfiltered transition. sports. Yeah, I want to take a moment and thank our patrons over at patreoncom unfilter. You know, one of the great things about supporting this show is you're taking a stance and saying we want to have an active part in another voice in the media, in another voice in the weekly coverage and you're helping us create a people's history here. But what I think is absolutely worth underscoring is you're making it possible for us to focus on the content of the show every single week instead of trying to court advertisers, creating reports for them, telling them about our demographics, trying to collect data. We don't have to do any of that right. because we're sponsored by our patrons. Massive, because this show takes all of the f- attention and focus we can give it. It is a marathon to do this show. I was uh, kind of caveting earlier on the live stream that – you know, for about 202 weeks now, I've had at least lunch and dinner over my keyboard, often breakfast, wor- working Wednesdays on this show. Your keyboard's getting nasty. And producer Matt and I are working on this show seven days a week. It really is a it is a full-time effort. There's pretty much no other project I've ever undertaken that requires this level of work, especially with the elections because there's so much to sort through that we don't want in the show. Yep. If we're going to talk about it, we want to make sure it's worth talking about. Absolutely. That's, that's a massive effort, too. And we try to make it as condensed and consolidated so you get the most value as possible. So if you've gotten some value out of the show, please consider supporting us at patreoncom unfiltered. And uh, with that, Mister Chase, uh, guess yeah. what? Oh, buddy, it's time. Get ready. Yeah. Now. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, I'm yeah. lo- I'm looking in your bag,
2: Chase. Yeah. Where's Where's the bag? Oh. Oh. Uh, you guys, listen, pa- patrons, patrons. Yeah, yeah. Come over to the speaker. No, yeah. Kidding. Get yeah. in close. Yeah. 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 Get in close. Um, I'm I need your forgiveness. I I, I apologize because you know I. You know, it's called life, right? And you know, you you, know, you get the politics, and you know, Trump was in town, and oh man, Trump was in town. Uh, but uh, no, I I forgot to post uh, for episode two hundred two. I just can't. I just can't. So uh, we'll open it up next week. It will be definitely open okay. next week. Okay. I I promise you. Uh, yeah. But I apologize, you guys. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had unfilter on the brain. I've had packs on the brain. I've had so many things on the brain. Uh, I mean, Chris, for example, when you were getting ready for Linux Fest Northwest which it's is nuts, Chase. it's, it's nuts, nuts right you're you you got a thousand things in your head i've received probably 60 or 70 emails from different companies who wants me to come talk to them at PAX. It's so, okay, Chase. So we sorry. forgive this week. We
0: forgive. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports us. By the way, uh, your Unfiltered 200 posters went out, getting lots of great responses. Yes. For those in the Swag Club members. Nice. Also, don't forget, you can send us in notes, and we'll have that mail sack next week. But that's okay. We've got so much news to cover, and I also am really excited to get to the overtime segment that I don't mind just moving right along. Okay, good. Do you want to just, uh, with that, we, uh, we'll just uh, move right along? And Let's I will it. say,
2: again, thanks to you guys who do support mm-hmm. us. You know, Even though I didn't read any messages this week, we do appreciate
16: that. That's how, we go, uh, th- th- that's how we roll. We do
0: appreciate it, and yes. we'll make sure to double down on it next week. So I want to cover something that I know you're all going to think to yourself, is this really news? But I think it's leading somewhere. Let's open it up.
9: Good evening. Scott is off tonight.
0: That's I'm not Nora news.
9: O'Donnell. <laughs> it is about the last thing Hillary Clinton's <gasps> campaign needed, a scandal involving the husband of her top aide, Huma Abedin. Anthony Weiner, the former New York congressman, was caught sexting again. Today, Abedin announced she's splitting with him. Donald Trump wasted no time using the scandal to attack Clinton. Here's Nancy Cordes.
0: So there's some that I've noticed, and this is, it's. we've been
2: covering... Top story, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Top story on the CBS News. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, man. Yeah. Good catch. Wiener in your face. It really is. It's so many Wiener headlines, so many Wiener jokes, um... I, I have noticed that Uma Aberdeen has been showing up in the news cycle for the last two weeks more and more and more. Oh yeah! And then it led to this, and I think there is an active effort to make the public know her name. I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. And I think this is a this just like 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 Paris Hilton, or Pamela Anderson. One of the ways you get your name in the headlines and people get to know about you scandal. is is a sex scandal. Yeah. I'm not by the way saying that Uma did it. Um, I'll get into that. I got all some right. bacon, but this More is bacon. all about getting you to know her name.
4: We are moving forward. Abedin Thank stood by Weiner the first time he was caught, and the second, and the third.
0: And that's just the ones that made it into the press.
4: But today, the New York Post published a suggestive photo he had sent to a woman as his toddler's son lay next to him. Within hours, Abedin released a statement from the Hamptons, where Clinton has been fundraising. After long and that's a quick little
0: note to say that she's been fundraising for a week
4: consideration and work on my marriage. I have made the decision to separate from my husband, Abedin wrote. Anthony and I remain devoted to doing what is best for our son, who is the light of our life. Weiner's troubles date back to 2011.
2: So I got a little bacon, more bacon this time from Surrey, British Columbia. There is nobody closer to Hillary
0: Clinton, not even Bill Clinton, is ho- is yeah. closer. Yeah, than Uma. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, and there is a judge that is that is asking some questions, that's sniffing around Uma right now and her connection to the Clinton Foundation. People are asking a lot of questions, and I think there is some stuff that's about to be exposed. There is oh. She was in she was often in possession of Hillary Clinton's Blackberry. There's confidential we now know there was confidential classified information on that Blackberry. Did you yeah. have clearance to see some of that information? She connected Clinton Foundation donors directly to Hillary Clinton to enable meetings. Yeah. She was the fixer for many situations. This has been a campaign to get her name out in the public and more is about to come out. This wow. was just this was just establishing the Huma brand. The Uma Got to get that Uma out there. Wow. I got like four more clips on all of it. Of course, I'm not going to play the rest because I think we covered that from a news That's perspective. Porn. And it's, I think it's, I think there's a, I think there's a bigger thing at play here around Hillary's emails, around Benghazi and around Well, well
2: yeah, we've heard about, well, I, don't, I don't know if you have anything about the Benghazi thing, but I yeah, I mean, yeah. there's been some more emails about that. So
0: before we talk about that, yeah. I want to talk about other people connected to Hillary Clinton just to sort of. Round off the why I think the Huma stuff is interesting because I think that Benghazi stuff probably should have its own discussion. Right. Um, there's another person attached to Hillary recently, directly attached to Hillary, that um, basically has dusted off her shoulders. She got a great new gig. She's in charge of Hillary Clinton's nationwide campaign. She's chairman and she just got reelected. Why, everybody, it's Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I want
6: to
0: thank. Well, she the won, won the primary. Yeah, come on, dude. Supporter. Why did she win the primary? Because it's all fixed. It's fixed. She's in. She's done. Just She's not even hurt by any of this. She wasn't knocked out of the primary by this. She's...
2: It's in some Florida, man. Mail- <laughs> yeah!
0: Thank you! This is all fixed. It's all fixed. Wow. Look at that. Look, she's in. She's got no problem. No damage. She fixed the primary for Hillary Clinton. And then she's in. No. No political wow. repercussions at all. Speaking of political repercussions, did you hear about what happened to Doctor Drew?
2: Well, he you know Doctor Drew, yeah, right? From yeah. Sex, uh, Sex yeah. Line, or whatever. Uh, where, uh, yeah. <laughs> what's that called? I used uh, to listen to an Adam. Yeah, Cole I know. Was on I used
0: there. to listen to too. So, I, I'm, a long time ago, and uh, Doctor Drew called into a radio show. And was asked about Hillary Clinton's health. Now, you know there's been a lot of controversy around her health. Some people say it's not worth covering. Some people say that she's hiding a massive medical condition. Love line. That's Love line. Thank it. you. So this radio station wanted to get Dr. Drew's take on Hillary Clinton's medical situation. I guess if she's almost 70 and she's going to be the leader of the United States of America, it might be free game. and. So Dr. Drew looked at her medical report that she herself released, observed her,
7: and had this take. Dr. Drew joins us right now. Good morning, doctor. How are you? Good
17: morning, sir. I'm great.
7: Uh, thanks for being with us. And uh, is Hillary okay? Uh, I wanted to talk to you about this because there's been a whole bunch of stories. Of course, we know Mrs. Clinton had a, uh, some kind of a health issue a year or so back, a couple years ago, when she had a fall And she is rumored to have these balance issues. And this photograph showed up of her being helped up the steps after slipping on a stair. Now it turns out that picture actually is from February. Uh, And, uh, you know, Hannity inexplicably spent an entire week, you know, trying to analyze her health from still photos. Hannity? Yeah, an innuendo. Uh, But I wanted to get your take on this because, you know... Is it first of all? Is it fair for us to be making health evaluations based on images that we see in the media? Because you know, if a camera was on me, I trip and stumble
18: all the me time. Me too.
17: Yeah, I, I'm very concerned about people, journalists, and people with no medical training making even discussing this issue. They need to bring physicians in. And there's not a lot we can tell from visual images unless we see you know major neurological changes or a rash or something. But the fact is, she released her medical records some time ago. And if you listen to my show last week, I just I just called a friend of mine, Dr. Robert Heisinger, who's an excellent okay. internist pulmonologist. And so he,
0: him, him and his friend, he, so it's not just Dr. Drew's opinion. It's not something he read off the Internet. It's not right. some conspiracy theory that uh, he's heard about. It's him and his doctor buddy looking at her medical report that she released and observing her.
17: We just dispassionately sat and evaluated the medical record that she had released. And based on the information that she has provided and her doctors have provided, we were gravely concerned, not just about her health care, not about her health, but her health care.
2: What? Have you heard about this? What, does she have Obamacare? What's the problem <laughs> here, Dr. Drew?
13: <laughs> Why?
17: Well, it's its hard for people to understand. Both of us concluded that if we were providing the care that she was receiving, we'd be ashamed to show up in a doctor's lounge. We'd be laughed out. It's, it's, she's receiving sort of 1950-level sort of care by our evaluation. So here's the basic facts. And by the way, before I launch into it, I don't know if you saw the New York Times this morning, but the science section has a front-page article about the so-called Goldwater Rule, where psychiatrists are being urged from an ethical perspective not to, quote, psychoanalyze political figures or people that they don't have a chance to evaluate. Hmm. I would, for, in that, they're saying that this thing needs to change. It's, it's, it may be even our ethical obligation to evaluate leaders, and there's a giant difference between, quote, psychoanalyzing somebody and looking at medical symptoms that are apparent.
0: So he's, and, and the reason why I'm playing this entire clip is because it's... This is a really good clip. Yeah, and it's been edited a lot in, in the co- following, there's, there's some major follow-up coverage to this, and it's been heavily edited when this clip's been played back. So I want to play all of it. Right here, he's talking about the Goldwater Rule, which some people are using to slam him after this report.
17: As a result of people's behavior. That's very different than saying, deep, you know, trying to derive deep notions about their psychological... Uh, sort of constructs as opposed to, hey, that person looks depressed or that person looks manic. Well, do,
4: there are people calling for, the, the, saying that, that uh, t- Trump needs a mental exam. Yeah, Karen well, Bass, the yeah, former state
7: assembly well, speaker, wants, what, uh, wants a legislation passed.
17: You can't, you can't, look, he's, you, you can't say he's a malignant narcissist because he maintains relationships. That's the only thing we could say at a distance. People. F-
7: so that's
0: his opinion on Trump.
17: That's weird.
0: So now I want to get into the uh, Hillary medical stuff.
17: She also has hypothyroidism. And she being been treated for hypothyroidism with something called armor thyroid, which is very unconventional and something that we used to use back in the 60s. And both he and I went, hmm, that's
0: weird. Now, that has been disputed to some degree. People say it's really generics. He's just, it's not a name brand. I think Dr., what Dr. Drew is saying here is it's odd that she's being treated with the cheap alternative when she could be the next president of the United States. you think they'd be using the real Cadillac of uh, medical treatments.
17: And by the way, Wow. Uh, Arbor thyroid sometimes has some weird side effects. Oh, well, okay, so she goes on coumadin. That's weird uh, because coumadin really isn't even used anymore. Now we use Eloquis or Xarelto, things like this. Certainly the, somebody, the presidential candidate, would get one of the newer anticoagulants. Then she mm. falls, hits her head, and as a complication of that has something called a transverse sinus thrombosis. This is an exceedingly rare clot. I've only seen one of these in my career, which is a clot in the collecting system for the cerebral spinal fluid and it essentially guarantees that somebody has something wrong with their coagulation system well she's had two clots a transverse sinus thrombosis what's wrong with her coagulation system has that been evaluated and oh by the way armor thyroid associated rarely with hypercoagulability so the very medicine the doctors are using may be causing this problem and they're using an old-fashioned medicine to treat it what is going on with her health care it's bizarre. I got to tell you, look, maybe they have reasons, but at a distance, it looks
0: bizarre.
7: Hmm. Uh, we're talking with, of course, uh, Dr. Drew, who is heard every day on this very radio station. He says it
0: goes on to say it's like she's getting medical care from somebody she met in her, in her childhood. Now, uh, that it was, some people have disputed some of the medication stuff that he's taken up issue, but a lot of it's very fascinating. Can you guess uh, how that went for Dr. Drew? Oh, probably not very
2: well.
11: (laughs) Dr. Drew on call is going off the air. A CNN executive vice president made the announcement Thursday, saying it was a mutual decision made between him and host Dr. Drew Pinsky.
0: Yeah, Dr. Drew even released a statement saying, you know, I was reading some rumors on the internet, and I shouldn't have based an analysis on that, and I apologize to everyone. Uh, But that was only part of the settlement. He's fired. He uh, won't be on CNN USA anymore. He could be on CNN Worldwide from time to time, but nobody watches. That doesn't matter at all. He is out. His show on HLN canceled. Wow. HLN, of course, owned by CNN. Right. Yep. Done. <sighs> so it's if you if you if you support Hillary like Debbie, you win your primary. You say something bad against Hillary, even when you're not directly connected to her. You're on the Clinton News Network. You get canned. You get so yeah. That's why. That's why I just thought it's interesting to talk about the people around Hillary Clinton like this next clip. A
9: Fox News alert. New emails now reveal Hillary Clinton's top aide was fully aware the private email server was not secure at all on a State Department trip over to Russia. Now. now <clears throat>
0: You want to talk about corruption. You want yeah. to talk about bad decisions. Yeah. I'll say Hillary did all of those things. You Kay. want to say that there's co- there's connection between the Clinton campaign and CNN, I'd say we just showed you evidence of that. Another reason why independent podcasting is important. A good idea. But this story, this is a problem. See, this is making a mountain out of a molehill here, ladies and gentlemen. This is a Fox News alert. We have damning evidence about, again, Uma Abedin. Shocking. But the problem is... If you report every single little thing as a big deal, then you seem like you're crying wolf. And what's happening here is Judicial Watch and a few others that have gotten these emails as part of a Freedom of Information request, they are now... Doling them out individually to different conservative news outlets, giving them little snippets here and there. And I'm just, I want to reset this for you. A
9: Fox News alert, new emails now reveal Whoa. Hillary Clinton's top aide was fully aware the private email server was not secure at all on a State Department trip over to Russia. Now, joining me now is David Bossie. He is the president and chairman for Citizens United.
0: Ah, Citizens United, the uh-huh. yeah. other Now, the implication here is. Wow, they're going to Russia, and they knew their server was insecure.
9: Who worked for two years to get these latest emails. Good morning to you, David.
6: God, good morning. Thanks for having me.
9: You're welcome. All right, what did you find when you finally got these emails? What do they say?
0: Now, here's the problem. is There is a legitimate issue here, and there is probably real bad things that Hillary Clinton exposed. Some people have speculated that secret agents may have died. Here is the details of those emails that... The, dam- the damning emails that show that they were aware of bad server security? ...change between um,
9: folks in the State Department and the uh, Clinton Foundation.
0: So here's, this is uh, Uma Abedin's email.
9: So Uma Abedin, who works for the State Department, or did under Hillary Clinton, said, <laughs> and the Clinton Those Foundation. Of us in the Russia traveling party will be leaving blackberries on the airplane once we touch down in Moscow tonight.
0: So they're leaving their blackberries behind. Now why?
9: Lou is getting us local cell phones. And then the next email says we won't have berries in Russia. Then Justin Cooper writes back, are they taking them from you because your clintonemail.com should work? keep going. All right, here it is. It's for security reasons. I don't want to use that one either. So what does that tell us, David?
0: I'll tell you what that tells you. I
2: I have a feeling too. Go ahead. It tells you they're taking perfectly reasonable security precautions when they're visiting Russia. Absolutely. Because if they leave their phones on the plane, guess what? They can't be searched.
0: They're responsibly <laughs> handing, handling classified information. They're doing information. what they should be doing. That's why this is the issue, and this is, uh. this is the real problem, is there's so much, there's legitimate stuff with this email scandal, and then there is this total crap BS, because the media is either too stupid to understand what it means, or just simply trying to make everything yeah. into a big deal. They are building, I, here is my theory, they know she's going to get elected. It's not about stopping the election. They're trying like hell, but it's not about actually, the, the long term is this is the noose around her neck once she gets into office? They're cla- going to use this to run her presidency into the ground. They want her to be a one-term president, and these are yeah, the, they are I'm lining gonna... all of this stuff up now so that once she goes into office, it's all lined up. It's uh, what was the scandal? The Clinton, not Watergate. Uh, what was the Clinton scandal? Whitewater. 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 Yeah. This is this is Bill had Whitewater. This is this is ten times Whitewater. This is ten times Whitewater. Because everybody knows about it. It's a massive scandal now. Everybody's talking about it. Uma Abedin, Anthony Weiner, all of the names are out there. It's all being exposed. They're making big deals out of everything. The enti- Because how do you take down a presidential—how do you take down a president? Not with some small BS story. It has to be a weapon that is as big as the president's office, and they are building that weapon right now. We are witnessing them plan for a Hillary Clinton presidency. I'm not saying she's going to necessarily get it, although I think she will. I think this is a continuously plan, and they have a best case scenario that it derails her presidency before she gets it. But I don't think that's the long term play here.
2: Right. Uh, I don't know if you have any clips on Gary Johnson coming up, but but the one thing that I've been following quite interestingly, and I don't know if you remember this from four years ago or eight years ago. When's the last time that we've seen a third party candidate get this much exposure? I mean, he's been yeah. on CNN. He's been on Fox. Yeah. He's been on. All right, a- hold that thought. I want to yeah. I, I finish. No, but I the one give- thing I was going to just say, though, real quick, to wrap up the quick point, is if they thought that Hillary was such a shoe in, why would they start right. giving this guy more time? So I want to cover
0: that. Okay. But, but the yeah. last question you raised was uh, the new email releases about Benghazi. Right. So I want to yeah. just play that because sure. we had put that. In. So yeah. let's get to that and then we
8: the fbi set to release a report on the hillary clinton email investigation this release comes as early perhaps as this week in response, so
0: we got two things. We have a report and new emails. The first thing up is the report of actual like interviews and documents from the FBI FBI interview with Hillary Clinton
8: to several Freedom of Information Act requests. This, is we learned, the FBI recovered about thirty emails related to the Benghazi attack, so I want to stop there.
0: So I think that report that's about to come out is is just going to be used to make more mountains out of molehills. There's no way the FBI is going to release a report with anything of substance not redacted. It's right. all going to have black boxes on it. There's not going to be any substance, but the media will cherry pick portions of it to attack her, which you know have at it. That's their job. We'll we'll bust and play what they do have, but these emails that are about to come out, these emails, I think this is where there could actually be some serious. Serious um, damage to Hillary Clinton. If there's anything in all of these email leaks, it's gonna
8: be these something in these thirty emails. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Harrods, live in Washington, has been following this story. What do you say? Chase, what do you think? Prop or no prop? Uh, was this before or
2: after the uh, other story? Uh, after. After, no prop. Catherine?
3: Well, thank you, Greg. Hillary Clinton signed this statement
0: ah, she's got- She's got a prop! (laughs) I love it! She's two for two this week. Another prop by
2: Katherine Heritage. And it's turned outward. Of course it is. Uh, You're so good, Katherine.
3: Hillary Clinton signed this statement under oath last August, telling a federal judge that she had handed over all her government-related records But we know this morning that there are more emails, as many as 30 from Benghazi, that were found after the FBI did a forensic scrub of Clinton's servers. Fox News was told that some records come from the first week after the 2012 attack. That's the same week then-Secretary Clinton was at Andrews Air Force Base, where the caskets of four Americans were flown home.
0: So this is the week after Benghazi these emails are deleted from. How could those be about yoga?
3: We don't know if these emails are duplicates of what's already out there. But if they are new and they were deleted by Clinton's team, it could reopen the Benghazi debate and re-energize reporting that Clinton told her daughter Chelsea it was terrorism that week and told the public an obscure video was to blame. The State Department asked the judge for more time until the end of September to review the 30 records and to check for classified information. But the federal judge questioned why it would take so long given the number of records and ordered the department to update the court next week. Great.
0: Yikes. Oh, man. Maybe they're dupes. Maybe there's nothing in there. But if they're not dupes, Chase, this is really where the interesting stuff 30 emails from the week after Benghazi that they accidentally deleted. I think that's uh, I think that's something. Now, just more information on that report that's going to be coming out.
19: um, uh, This is a follow up on that process. I've seen those reports. Uh,
8: I can tell you that the White House did not consult with the FBI. about that decision or any of the other decisions that they've made uh, in terms of handling some of the investigative material.
3: Media outlets filed Freedom of Information Act requests with the Bureau forcing the public release. Of these records, the expectation is that the redacted files will likely include the FBI's recommendation to the Justice Department against criminal charges, the summary of Clinton's FBI interview known by agents as a 302, as well as the backup notes from agents who questioned her. The Clinton campaign has welcomed the release of this file after a series of what they say are selective leaks.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Of course they're yeah. going to say that. Yeah. They always say that. In fact, I have a really creepy clip, I think, of the overtime. Uh... I wonder, do I have it here? I would love to... I would, let's see if I can...
9: The hits just keep coming.
0: Nope, it's not that one. <laughs> hmm mm-hmm, yeah. Number we're, one.
3: We're going to go on now with our Fox team coverage in politics.
0: No, it was a CNN report. Well, it's probably in the overtime. It's, it's great, uh, the CNN take on that. Before we get to Gary and Jill, uh, why don't we talk just a little, Trump? Sure. I mean, he was in our backyard yesterday. Mm. And the medical records thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, we were just talking about that. Yeah. And MSNBC has really has really, really started to just attack Trump like nuts now. And the show that took, has had, made, had taken the biggest quote-unquote pivot is Morning Joe. Morning Joe started out as friendly with Trump. There was audio leaked where they're just yakking in between segments. They're like, "Oh yeah, we won't be tough on you." Well, we'll just we'll, uh, g- g- good questions, good Maybe questions. Maybe they were
2: just trying to bait him in.
0: I don't know. I think things turned, and now they are full force, like going after Donald. Oh, Okay. I just want to play a moment of it, just because this is sure. perfectly sums All up. Right.
3: Welcome back to Morning Joe. Donald Trump is calling on Hillary Clinton <laughs> to release more information about <laughs> health. Why doesn't he? Well, we've been talking oh, about wait,
1: this. Oh, wait, you morning. know why? Why? Because if you do an MRI of him, his yeah. rib cage, it's the weirdest thing. What? It it it's not like most rib cages. Oh. It actually you can like trace them and it spells Amnesty Dawn. It's just, I don't know how it even does that. The ribcage.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the worst joke of the yeah, year yeah, goes to Mr. Joe Scarborough. He
0: spent all morning trying to get Amnesty Dawn to uh, 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 get trend on Twitter. Amnesty Dawn. He
2: tells
1: NBC that the Democrat will not be releasing any more records, challenging Trump to produce a legitimate and detailed letter on his health. Because this you know is, what Ab, This is really interesting what happened. On This is the I like.
0: This is. So this they're just you can look how happy they are about this. They are so thrilled about this next story, they are giddy. He's literally rubbing his hands together like he's about to eat a delicious yeah. piece of cake. Look it up. Guys. So guys. So that's it. It. Yes. On
3: Goodies. Friday, Trump's personal physician, Dr. Harold Bornstein. Harold. <laughs> Dr. Bornstein. Spoke to NBC Harold. News exclusively about writing Trump's health assessment, in which he said, quote, his physical strength and stamina are extraordinary. His lab results as astonishing. Astonishingly <laughs> and that he could state unequivocally that Mr. Trump will be oh the healthiest God. individual ever elected to the presidency. Bornstein said he came up with the letter no. in about five minutes oh, while the limo well, waited to take it. Now tell me that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So Trump's medical report is looking a little shaky. This guy is. The media is having a field day with this guy. Here's a little bit of the interview. too.
2: He needed the job.
11: And so um, the car was waiting outside.
1: He was at the thinking. end of the day, they came to get their letter.
11: And so just tell me about the time, the time crunch. Like five, or you wrote it quickly?
1: No, I thought about it all day. And at the end, um, I get rushed and I get anxious when I get rushed. So I try to get the four or five lives done as fast as possible, that they would be happy with that.
0: So they throw this doctor under the bus to, uh, to you know, Trump up this narrative that uh, his health records Trump are- up. Fu- Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're also going after uh, Trump's new uh, CEO, quote unquote. This is CNN using a little Clinton campaign uh, speech to kick it off, and then they're going on the full attack mode. Nothing's off limits with this.
14: The latest shakeup was designed to, quote, let Trump be Trump. So to do that, he hired Stephen Bannon. The head of a right-wing website called Breitbart.com as the campaign CEO. But now the
0: conservative news chief is drawing headlines of his own. Now, why is he drawing headlines? Because you are drawing those headlines.
18: Right. (laughs) Bannon was charged with battery and domestic violence stemming from a 1996 incident involving his then-wife. According to documents-
0: You don't really need to hear any more. You can just hear how they're attacking the guy's character. And it's, I'm sorry, sure he's probably an awful guy,
2: let's be honest. Yeah, 20 years old. Yeah, absolutely, totally. I, I
0: mean, he's so 1996, they're, they're digging, they're kind of going a yeah. ways back to find this. I think if you go back to the 90s, you could also find stories. There's books that have been released by Secret Service agents that said that uh, Hillary- Oh, yeah. Was famous for throwing dishes at Bill. Yeah. Like, there was some physical violence in the White House while those two were in the White House. They don't report on that, though. They don't report on that. They go off and dig something up from 1996 from somebody who's now connected to the Trump campaign. So new interesting attack methods against Trump while he's also down today in Mexico talking to – he's actually probably right now about to give his speech uh, on immigration. It's happening like in an hour. Oh, really? I think so.
2: Well, I know he uh, was only supposed to be there for like 15, 20 minutes, and he ended up uh, staying there for over an hour.
0: No, he's. I think he's still there. Actually,
2: is he still there? I mean, is uh, he going to do a speech from Mexico? Yeah, he's going to oh. give a speech. Yeah, he's. Gonna I give thought him. he was going to do it in Arizona.
0: No, no, I don't think. For sure.
2: No, you know what?
0: I was. I remember now. The clips I was looking at just had the countdown. They have that stupid countdown. They didn't oh. say where the, they didn't say where the speech was going to be. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and it looks like they're at commercial right now, so I can't see if uh, I was going to check check now to see if they still have the countdown going. But doing a live check of the stream. Uh, there you go. So Fox News right now is they have up on their up on their screen awaiting uh, awaiting Trump speech.
20: Part of it. The but, hate is we're talking about the other. We're talking about crime, and I believe it was a vicious code word. All that being said, it was good politics today, and it did elevate Mercedes. It. Uh,
0: so yeah, that's all right. They're just okay. they're 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 vamping on the live stream on their on live stream on the air <laughs> while they wait for uh,
2: yeah for right. Trump.
0: So the speech hasn't happened yet, but I think you might be right. It might be in Arizona. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, the the third party candidates Gary and Jill this i don't I, I don't have a like the go to clip but here's a couple of things that we noticed this week is cnn often throws up these digital takes to try to get to the millenniums out there and get them to you know think something's hip and they released two different videos this week it's the perfect social media bite-sized shareable thing it's what will libertarian gary johnson
19: believe in 2 minutes And they have uh, the the big info text, they got hip music. Libertarians are fiscally conservative, and socially they really don't give a damn as long as you don't force your social whatever it is on anybody else. So
0: they set up Gary Johnson there, same exact, they brought Gary in, they shot that in a nice studio, same thing for Jill. Again hip music. What the Green Party's Jill Stein believes. The most
9: important thing to know about the Green Party is that we do not take money from corporations, from lobbyists, uh, and we do not have super PACs. We say. Get-
0: and they're overlaying all of that with big, bold text. Right. They're doing a package here. They've been interviewing these guys. They're getting them presented. They're getting their names, their brand out there. They're getting them known. Well, he's
8: the former Republican governor of New Mexico and now the Libertarian Party's saw. presidential nominee who says he has a path to victory in this election.
0: Now, Fox News doesn't generally give time to anybody but Trump and a little bit to Hillary to Basher. They don't tend to give time to the third-party candidates. And now,
2: this is Fox News Sunday, which is, by the way, their their I, I call it their flagship nationwide show because they actually show it on Fox TV stations, terrestrial stations across the country. So this is a big deal.
8: Joining us now, Gary Johnson. Governor, welcome to Fox News Sunday. Chris, thanks.
19: You can tell he's
8: excited. He's like, yeah, (laughs) campaign manager says you have a two part strategy to win the White House. The first part is that you have to get on that stage for the presidential debate starting September 26th. In the real clear politics average of recent polls, you're at eight percent. So you and you need to reach 15 percent to get on the stage. Would you agree that if you don't get into the debates, it's game over?
19: Uh, winning the election. Yes, I would say game over winning the election. But uh, the Presidential Debate Commission has identified five polls. Uh, we're at 10 percent flat on those five polls. And uh, that's an increase really of uh, probably about four percent consensus. So Now,
0: it's just kind of standard stuff in this interview after this. Chris Wallace is asking questions that if you've been following Gary at all, you've heard him ask all these questions before. Yeah,
2: he's, he's answered them very clearly before that, you mm-hmm. know, he's going to go on to say he's very optimistic, yeah. that they're going to make better,
0: it. He'll say that the fact they don't even know who I am is an advantage because I'm not one of those two. Right, exactly. Standard points. Yeah. Is it possible that he's getting this much attention for him not to be included in the debates? It seems like it's still possible no, because it because confuses things.
2: The only reason why I, I think he's going to be there and why I made my bright book prediction last week was because A they're setting up for three podiums right or they're supposed to be prepared for three podiums right and they also said and some parties within the presidential debate commission has already said well if he doesn't get to 15 it's not like we're not going to allow him in if he gets close we're going to you know we'll make the nod you know kind of a thing and then on top of that you see CNN you see Fox you see MSNBC you see all the big networks even ABC look at him like, you know what, we're we they're giving him time. And I don't remember a time back, man, I, I would have to probably think when I was a kid, maybe Perot, but I don't really remember too much from then where a, Perot, third, yeah. that a Perot, third
0: the thing about Perot is he bought his own time. He just bought T V time and just went on and, and then sat he there. got
2: known. Right. And then the rules were instituted. But I, I really think that, you know, when you have all these things happen, if he doesn't make the debates, I think you'll have a bigger controversy. Because of the fact that people, the millennials, a lot of the people... I don't know. can they just say, well, he didn't make the 15%? Yeah, but then they, you know, people are going to say, well, yeah, because you didn't include him on some of the polls. You, do you just think, didn't put his name there.
0: Do you think this could be the establishment's hedge against Trump? Because I think he's going to take more votes you from can Trump ha- than Trump You
2: can have both establishments on this because he's a fiscal conservative... But a social liberal, right? So here's what I think. So
0: (laughs) if you if you follow Gary Johnson all the way back to uh, before the primaries were even over, you had a bunch of established Republicans coming out saying, "I'm not so sure about Gary, but I definitely like his VP." Oh, I
2: like Bill Weld. Yeah, he was the governor of uh, Massachusetts. Romney's the
0: number one name that stands out, but other Republicans came out. It kind of shut up. In fact, we even covered a story that ran, uh, Rand Paul, that Paul Ryan was raising funds behind the scenes for an alternative. Right. That never went anywhere. All these things kind of
2: went away. I don't think they can get out there and go public on this yet. Right,
0: exactly. But I think behind the scenes, they might be encouraging their connections at Fox or CNN to to cover these guys a little more. This could be the right establishment. I don't know. That's a possibility. Because the reason why I say that is I feel like he's... He's he is going to appeal more to those Republican voters who are maybe now upset that Trump has changed his immigration stance, or maybe people who are a little unsure about either. I think he's definitely going to take votes from Hillary too.
2: So it, this it's, is where this is where it gets very interesting because I've interviewed. It's hard to say if any or maybe the interview goes on to talk about a couple of uh, scenarios. But do you want one, me to try to find it? Uh, it's I think it's right after that first part. Okay, but he he uh, you know he asks um, you know. Uh, the host asks him, you know, is it your goal uh, to um, get this to the House or to the Senate? Because if they don't get to 270 electoral votes, it goes to the House. and Or is is it the Congress? I forget what else There's
19: any arguing that we did make differences in our state being fiscally conservative, socially inclusive. I think we already past it. Oh, really? It, right. it, was, it, was, it was right in the beginning. Well, probably about 4% consensus over the last six or seven weeks. So we're optimistic that we're going to actually right get into this. the debates. think it's right after we're spending money right now in uh, in uh, many states, in uh, five states right now. I'm at 16 percent, so I'm just really optimistic.
8: Okay, so now you get in the debate stage, and now this, this is brings hard. us to phase two, which is, as I understand it, is to keep both Clinton and Trump from reaching the majority of 270 electoral votes to be elected president. Throw the race into the House of Representatives, where you say that you could win and and in that case each state gets one vote stop it there for a
2: minute this is the first time i've heard this uh this particular strategy this particular narrative now we heard this kind of before uh but not including johnson and i want to get your take because well if my speculation about paul ryan and others behind the
0: scenes like romney pulling the strings when it gets to this position they would they would use their influence there
2: to push things his direction possibly right and and the kicker is when each state gets one vote you have more red states i think than blue states right now and they would probably go towards uh, johnson because trump's so you know self destructive and so it, it makes me wonder now he goes uh, johnson goes on to say you know no my goal's to win <laughs> you know get get to 270 but of course you're going to say that though yeah of course but if if it goes to the house Makes it quite interesting indeed, and uh, it hasn't it hasn't happened. It has happened in our history, but, but I think it was like in the 1800s, I want to say, or something like that. It's crazy. This
0: is definitely going to be a very interesting show to watch. Oh, it feels like absolutely. it feels like another contender has has come on the island at the last minute when you thought it was narrowed down to the two final contestants. Uh, they've brought back like a player from last year's season, and he's <laughs> shaking things
2: up. Yeah. I, I think this is great. I, I, I really think that, you know, this is an exciting time. That being said, though, I, I, I don't like either of Clinton or, uh, you know, Trump's options. Those options are Gary Johnson, you know. There's some things I don't necessarily agree with him on that on on his candidacy either, but at least out of the three, he seems to be the most truthful, honest, and genuine, and least corrupt, and least corrupt.
0: Yeah, yeah at least when compared to Clinton, that's for damn that's sure. Holy. Mr. Chase, we should probably wrap this sucker up because we All have right. a packed overtime, tons All right. of good stuff to fair get enough. into. So, fair enough. Why don't we just leave people with a little wisdom in case they're gonna make the mistake of not sticking around for the overtime? You could always join us live. Did you know we right publish a live time and we convert it to people's time? Automatically. Really?
2: Yeah. Even in North Korea where they have a different time zone?
0: Yeah, well, I have never technically tested that. Okay. But for goodness sakes, if Google can't figure it out, nobody can. You can take
2: Lady Jupes uh, F- oh.
0: Somebody over there, let us know. Yeah, Let please. us know. Try yes. it jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Yes. Now, if I was going to follow you, maybe find out about PAX coverage coming up, S like that, where yes. would I go?
2: Uh, please follow me at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, and at GeekGamerTV. PAX this weekend, huge. This is our fifth year covering it. Thank you for the ding. I cannot wait. Loads of fun, loads of things to talk about. We're that's gonna be, che- we
16: go, uh, uh, we're gonna be checking we out, roll.
2: uh, you're, you're gonna get mad at me for this, Chris, Star Trek VR. Oh,
0: man. Oh, man. I'm, I'll be curious. With the vibe. You're gonna have to come back and tell me it sucks, so that way I don't get tempted. It,
2: does, just, it doesn't I, I mean, suck. I got I got
0: oh boy. It oh doesn't
2: boy. suck! <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> but I can't wait to check that out, and I'll report back about that next week. Cool. And now, Chris, you're doing the huh? tweeting, right? Where yes. can people follow you? At Chris LAS, buddy.
0: L-A-S, like Linux Action Show. Nice! At Jupiter Signal for the network. I like that, too. The live stream can be found at jblive.tv. But I feel like we should mention, if you don't care about that live shenanigans, we have an RSS feed. to get the show automatically. If you do care about that live shenanigans, but you can't make it, we're posting the live streams over at the Patreon page, patreon.com unfilter. You don't even have to be a supporter to get it. Right. Didn't have one last week because there was a YouTube glitch and people thought, oh, no, they've stopped doing it. No, no. No, no. No, 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 still no, 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 no. Hey, it was just a glitch. We should have it back unless there's another glitch. Oh, glitch. Damn catch. those glitches, glitches. Woo. Yeah, so I Gotta watch out, there. everybody. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of the Unfiltered Show. Stick around for the overtime. And if you don't, well, guess what? We'll see Be you right, right back, back here, here next week. week. Take us out, Mr. Obama.
16: no, 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 no
1: That's how we go that's how we roll <laughs>
0: Set your expectations maybe a notch a little lower. It's tease, it's. Tease. It is episode 202 overtime. We have some interesting things coming up, and it's brought to you by our patrons over Patreon.com/slash/unfilter. I am very very thrilled to uh, read off this list today. I have a... I had a huge, huge concern that we'd see a drop-off after our 200th episode. And we have been working really hard on this show, because there's so much stuff out there. I can't even tell you how many clips I had to, uh... had to just sort of ignore about Chris Brown getting arrested. Like, there's so much to wade through these days. That, uh... I reflected on the fact that I I think it's probably been 200 weeks now that I've had lunch and dinner at least, and sometimes breakfast over the keyboard, while I work on this show, and so... To see so many of you step up and say thank you and support us at patreon.com slash unfiltered, it, it it shows me that you do get value from this show in, in a way that, as a content creator, is extremely rewarding, especially every now and then when you're feeling a little run down, a little burned out, and you start thinking, gosh, maybe it's time to take a couple of weeks off. And then this list comes in and uh, totally lifted my spirits. I want to thank you guys because I, I hope, I may have already said this in the show, but the fact that we can increase our bottom line for the revenue that this show generates that makes it, that makes it financially important to Jupiter Broadcasting as a company, which is, a, which is an important business thing for us. But the fact that we can do that by me just simply focusing on making the show great every week and working with producer Matt and Chase to deliver you the best product we can every single week, we raised our bottom line because you went and supported us. I didn't have to stop, I didn't have to take time away from the show. I didn't have to slow down momentum and go talk with an advertiser. I didn't have to go spend time creating a PDF that breaks out our demographics of the show and download regions and then save it out and email it to somebody as our marketing packet. I didn't have to create an insertion order for this show to allow somebody to fill out and tell me where they wanted the ad and how long they want and what they want me to talk about. I didn't have to negotiate any of that. All of that time that would have been spent on things that bring in advertisers just a back-end work all of that goes into working on the show making the show better all of that effort all of that work and I want to thank you so much for allowing us to focus on the show and not that business stuff that doesn't necessarily make for a better show for you you don't hear ad reads in the show but on the back end it it absolutely absolutely makes a better product especially for a show like unfilter that covers these stories so thank you so much for supporting us and with that let me read our list this week. Thank you to Kenneth L. Maria W. Moss B. Micah M. J.H. Ivan R. Liv M. Billy M. I'm gonna say... Jerb Be Rad. Thank you, Jerby Rad. I think that's it. Steve M. Dylan J. That's my son's name. Patty R. Faran J. Rich S. Isaac M. Grant H., Zach C., Douglas M., and Thomas H., you have made my week. Thank you for supporting us at patreon.com unfilter. This overtime segment is dedicated to you and everyone else that supports us at patreon.com unfilter. And this is a good overtime. We've got some stories in here that I think are kind of newsworthy that just didn't fit at the top of the show. And some of them I've, I've classified as still cooking. There are stories that your Unfilter show is is falling, f- following, but doesn't necessarily have a lot to report on them yet. But I want to get them into our dialogue so we start officially tracking them here in the overtime. So I've got a slow cooker section coming up. We've got a whole bunch of great clips. So thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. Let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love how RT is just, they're sick of it, you guys. RT is sick of it. Our first clip today I'm going to play is them just going after the media again. And I love starting this way. We're only gonna do one of them this week, but it's just so funny. Look at how peeved they are. <laughs> oh, Russia.
12: ...again being accused of doing just that, this time targeting electoral systems in at least two American states, according to U.S. media. However, little evidence is given with anonymous FBI workers provided as the source, although that hasn't stopped the story gathering pace and it's even appeared in the fashion magazine Glamour. Well, if you look closely, though, the FBI hasn't officially mentioned Russia and simply warns election officials to be aware of a hacking threat. However, you wouldn't guess that by looking at the headlines. With more, here's our Washington correspondent, Giani Chikian.
14: The FBI has so far given no information as to who did the hacking. But that didn't stop major U.S. news outlets from coming up with smashing accusations. The Washington Post cites a spokesman for Arizona Secretary of State who said FBI investigators told them in June that Russians were behind the hacking of voter databases. Again, the FBI declined to comment on any of this. The Washington Post notes that, and then quickly moves on to bolster the speculation by saying that, quote, the Arizona incident is the latest indication of Russian interest in U.S elections and party operations. Other outlets have written in a similar vein, accusing Russian hackers of stealing 200,000 voter records in the state of Illinois. NBC News provides no evidence of Russian involvement at all, but cites an unnamed official who said, quote, this is the closest we've come to tying a recent hack to the Russian government,
16: end quote. Wait a minute, the closest that we've come means you've missed the mark. Uh, When you say this is the closest I've ever been to being correct, you're not correct. This is the closest I've ever come to hitting the target. (laughs) I didn't hit the
14: target. (laughs) Let's take a moment and look at what was hacked. From what's reported, those were voter registration databases of two states, Arizona and Illinois. Voter records are apparently so secret that a number of other states, including crucial swing states, put them out there for everyone to see. That's right. In the swing states of Ohio and Colorado, voter databases are accessible to everyone. All you need to do is go to ohiovoters.info or coloradovoters.info to find information on all registered voters in those states, including their addresses and voter ID numbers. And you don't need to be a Russian hacker to do That voter databases are also publicly available in Connecticut, Delaware, Oklahoma, and Rhode Island. Let's just for a moment indulge the theory that Russia is somehow interested in voter databases of Arizona and Illinois. All right, the same outlets that are reporting this theory reported that Russia hacked the computer systems of the Democratic Party, the DNC. The fact is that, and this is something that any political campaign staffer would tell you, the DNC has voter databases of all states and much, much more. They have information about who donated to campaigns, how much, and so on. If you say and believe that Russia hacked the DNC, why would it need to separately hack Arizona's or Illinois' voter database? It would have had it by then. The disregard for evidence that some major news outlets showed in their reporting on theories about Russian hacks led to a situation where their theories now seem to to be contradicting each other. In Washington, I'm going to check on RT.
10: I just can't. Hmm. <laughs> she does
0: break it down pretty good. She does break it. You know, but you don't really need Russia today to make fun of the mainstream media. I mean, we do that here plenty on the show, but this next mm-hmm. moment in the show is is, I don't know what to make of this. I think it tells you uh, the the media wants to go on and on and on about how racist Donald Trump is. But really, in reality, they seem to be the ones that are stoking the race war, if you ask me. I think this clip kind of serves as evidence. Uh, This has not been tampered with by your unfiltered show. This is legitimately 100% how it aired on MSNBC, on national television at 1124 a.m., that would be central time. ...party that is racist. I want to listen to part of her speech. She's talking about Hillary Clinton here saying that Donald Trump is creating a racist party. You know what? In fact, I think I have that in here. Let me back it up a little bit so you get the full context.
3: ...campaign is appealing to a fringe in the Republican Party that is racist. I want to listen to part of her speech with you and then get your reaction. So here it is. Here we go.
21: Sure. I am the extra crispy girl. And my extra crispy five dollar Phillip is a tasty Lieutenant
2: absolutely gonna
0: play, but let me just talk where uh, apparently the, the word was from Hillary Clinton that a fr- Somebody in the MSNBC control booth, knowing I mean how did this come up? How did that how does that accidentally happen? How do you go to play a clip of Hillary Clinton and play a clip of the KFC's extra crispy chicken when you're talking about racism? How does that accidentally happen? Uh, on a national news broadcast, it couldn't even happen in a podcast. I, I, it is, it is literally, what it shows you is these are the real racists. I'm gonna play, I'll play it against so that way you can see we're not, this is not altered. Their lower third remains up the entire time. We're 70 days out from the
6: election. We're waiting to hear from him serious proposals with respect to serious problems.
3: As you know, Hillary Clinton says that Trump's campaign is appealing to a fringe in the Republican Party that is racist. I want to listen to part of her speech with you and then get your reaction. So
10: here it is.
21: Sure. I am the extra crispy girl. (laughs) And my extra crispy five dollar Philip is a tasty. Absolutely
3: going to play, but let me just talk where uh, apparently the, the word was from Hillary Clinton that a fringe element is effectively taken over. OMG, the rep- OMG,
0: OMG. And they just go on. Uh, what I think is interesting, too, is the commercial goes right to the part about crispy chicken. So it was there was so much intent behind that. It's it's sort uh, who's who who who's the racist? Who is the racist? Uh, OK, let's get to real news.
22: So let me ask you uh, your thoughts as you heard this news
9: and what are your sources telling you, Richard?
0: So this is about that ISIS leader uh, our main promoter who was uh, droned or killed or, well, we believe actually probably droned or, or a, a hit in maybe a, a bombing from a Russian Air Force. But there's rumors. And it's interesting, MSNBC kind of points that out, that we don't actually really know who killed this top ISIS official. Richard
18: well the key question is how did he die isis issued this somewhat vague statement saying that he was martyred while surveying the battlefront uh, against aleppo but was he killed uh, and and if so by whom uh, martyred suggests that he was killed uh, deliberately uh, but you never know. did uh, Was there an accident? Did the Russians kill him? The Russians have been carrying out operations uh, against Aleppo. So has the government of Bashar al-Assad. Uh, was he inside Aleppo? We still really don't uh, know very much at this stage. And I think before we can assess uh, how this uh, went down and what uh, and what it will mean, we have to look at that key question: How did he die? And I spoke to uh, a U.S. official just a short time ago, and he said that they are still assessing the the effects. They are hmm. still trying to figure out. Out what happened uh, not the indication that the US had a lot of foreknowledge of this uh-huh. not that there was some. US commander uh, who was watching him and, uh, and, and pulled a trigger perhaps the u.s. killed him by accident or perhaps it was uh, a, another party or, or, or perhaps he you know he died making a, a bomb attack it, yeah. it's, it's very unclear at this stage but uh, he was a key figure uh, and, and I think most recently he, he was significant for, for issuing a call to arms. Uh, before the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. And and unfortunately, that call to arms was taken up by many people, and and it was seen as connected to uh, a spike in attacks in Europe, here in Istanbul. Also, some connected it to the uh, Orlando shooting uh, in which the the attacker pledged his allegiance to ISIS as well.
22: And Richard, is there any significance in him dying uh, reportedly in Aleppo, in Syria? Did did we know, uh, forgive my ignorance, did we know that that might be where he was operating this whole time?
18: Um, I like it. The reason why I'm still playing this is I want you to hear how he answered that question. uh, I don't think so. I I don't think anyone would necessarily have known uh, that. Uh, He didn't necessarily die in Aleppo. Uh, This this somewhat vague statement said that he was monitoring operations against Aleppo. Uh, One would assume that he was monitoring them from somewhere near Aleppo, uh, but they didn't say specifically that he was killed in the city. So this is this whole
0: thing stinks a little bit. It's a little weird. Smells a little funky if you ask me now. We're we're in the slow cooker connection, so I'll be I'll be looking more into that also
7: The T-tip the T-T-I-P looks like it's dead creation of the world's largest free trade zone under threat, it seems. The transatlantic trade and investment partnership between the US and the EU is designed, in theory, to loosen up commerce. But critics have uh, said it's a big headache. They say it's going to give corporations power over governments as well as seriously threatening jobs and quality controls. And now today, France seems to be getting very cold feet, even though the European Commission insists negotiations are nonetheless progressing just fine.
18: Although trade talks take time, the ball is rolling right now, and the Commission is making steady progress in the ongoing TTIP negotiations.
0: So this is kind of interesting here. So Obama, you know, has been uh, pushing for this pretty hard. He's gone out. He went out and uh, he made uh, love with uh, all the different, um, uh, you know, uh, politicians trying to make this happen. And this would, this would essentially, it, it, it over. It's a trade agreement that would override some policies and laws of the EU, like ba- uh, labeling. Of GMOs and things like that. Here's a little bit on Obama's uh, charm offensive, I guess they like to call it. It's
12: too long now. Uh, He's been on a charm
7: offensive to promote the partnership thus far. Here he goes, everybody. Ha!
0: They like to do this, this music now, which is uh, kind of annoying. But uh, here he is with Cameron, uh, shaking hands, uh, laughing at jokes. There he is with Merkel, laughing at jokes again, shaking hands. Um, playing uh, golf with uh, Cameron, uh, looking at VR with uh, Merkel.
19: And making bold promises. As you go forward, you can be confident that your greatest ally and friend, the United States of America, stands with you, shoulder to shoulder, now and forever. (laughs) Their music,
0: right? Isn't it great? Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Ah-ha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it looks like one of Obama's legacy check marks isn't going to be getting checked off. Also, I'm watching the impeachment of uh, Brazil's first female president.
16: Let's go straight to our breaking news coming in from Brazil. Brazil has impeached former leader Dilma Rousseff. Senators voted 61 to 20 to remove her from office for breaking budget rules. Her impeachment trial saw four days of impassioned debate.
0: And well, it's been going on for months. Uh, the, the whole thing has just been a disaster down there. Isn't it fascinating? Remember when the Snowden leaks came out, it turned out that we were spying on her? and we were spying on their oil company.
16: Michel Temer has assumed Brazil's presidency and plans to see out the rest of Rousseff's term, which will be until 2018. Dilma Rousseff was ruled to have mishandled Brazil's budget and misrepresented the state of the economy prior to her re-election in 2014. Now my understanding is the alternative isn't any less corrupt at all. Rousseff's supporters regard Parliament's actions as an attempted. And have been protesting her so trial day, for three consecutive days.
0: See, this to me sounds like there's something more here. This is why I'm going to be doing some more digging. All of it's fascinating to me. The fact that she's not any more corrupt. In fact, she seems to be, by by my external analysis, less corrupt than the people replacing her. Uh, she and and it's not just me that's saying that either. There's there's lots of people that have been writing about this. Specifically, Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald has been writing about this. But on top of all of it, I can't. I can't stop thinking about the fact that this is one of the people we were spying on very directly like so did we know this was coming are we involved. The issue is, is the United States' is de facto program is regime change so often now that anytime regime change is happening, you have to wonder
16: if we're behind it. If it's Turkey, if it's Brazil, you have to wonder. Watchdog groups say some 60 percent of the country's lawmakers, including now President Temer, have been accused of corruption and fraud. These are live pictures now from uh, that uh, impeachment trial, which now means that. Uh, President Rousseff is no longer that. It is President Temer.
0: It's kind of a weird report, but there you go. Following that story, too. Hell of a, hell of a story. You always wonder who's pulling the strings, right? There's always more going on.
9: European Union has just fined Apple $14.5 billion for illegal tax breaks in Ireland. Well, what it says were illegal tax breaks. But both Apple and Ireland say they've done nothing wrong, and they're going to appeal the ruling. But could this be part of a bigger money-grab ploy by the European Union? (gasps) Is this just an easy way for them to punish American companies while earning a few extra dollars for
0: themselves? Oh, of course. That would be how the American media would see that. Uh, Although, it does appear that Apple was just following Irish laws. As far as I could tell, they didn't get a, a special deal, necessarily. This isn't... Okay, let's go back to this. This is, this is sort of another, like, analyzing the media a bit piece, but Facebook is trying to play heavy in the news curation business. You've been hearing lots of stories about their, their first, there was them suppressing conservative news, and there was this new algorithm they're putting in place, and, well, as Megyn Kelly puts it, Facebook just hasn't learned that the rhythm method don't work.
3: So This week, Facebook started pushing a false story about yours truly. The headline read, Breaking. Fox News Exposes Traitor. Megan Kelly kicks her out for backing Hillary. What? They did this on the very first weekend that they, Facebook, stopped using real live human beings and instead entrusting their trending feature to an algorithm. So, should I sue them? Joining me now, Defense Attorneys Mark Eiglars and and Del Brown so once again mark the rhythm method fails
9: and, and
3: they learn the hard way that they should not be entrusting their
19: feature to a bot right right yes and thank you for selecting my law firm to sue Facebook for millions <laughs> there's only one problem Megan I gotta man- I gotta manage my client here there's this little thing called actual malice which public figures like you
0: need to prove. Oh, sorry, Megan. No lawsuit for you. Would have been good publicity, though. Would have been good publicity. (laughs) That's just... You know what? I'll give her credit. She's fun to watch. She makes... She's, She's, uh... (laughs) The rhythm method, that's good. All right, you hear about the new FFA rules around drones? Listen up.
11: Thousands of pilots are eager to get their drones off the ground and in the air. Today marks the first day that comprehensive federal rules governing drones will take effect. Although these new rules are making it easier for commercial pilots, these new rules could also prevent companies like Amazon from using drones to do business. RT correspondent Ashley Banks fills us in on the details. More
4: than 3000 people have signed up to take a test to test their knowledge of aviation in order to become certified drone operators. Now, thousands of commercial drone operators have already registered their drones in anticipation of passing these tests. Now, these new rules released back in June and which go into effect today, allow pilots um, who have passed the test to fly whenever they want. But of course, there are some exceptions. Pilots are only allowed to fly their drones up to 400 feet in the air. During daylight hours, they have to keep their air aircraft within sight. They also have to keep their aircraft away from other aircraft. The drone must weigh less than 55 pounds, and they must fly their drones in clear weather conditions. Now- well, where's
0: all the fun in that? I, I, I want to fly around uh, the tornadoes. Of course, there's some exceptions for farms and, and whatnot. So we played a clip earlier in the show about uh, talks between Russia and and, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, survey, uh, how do you say Sergey? I think? Sergey Lavrov? Lavrov? My Russian is not so good. Not, not so good, comrade. Anyways, uh... What I didn't play for you in the show is the rest of that clip is about the rather significant headwinds the peace talks in Syria face, and this summarizes some of them for you.
15: The two sides are expected to bring a long list of clinching arguments to the table, First on the list would be the hotspot of Aleppo, which has seen some of the worst bloodshed since the civil war broke out in Syria. US Secretary of State Kerry will likely slam Russian airstrikes in Aleppo for saying that they are only worsening the already very severe humanitarian crisis there. Sergei Lavrov will counter that argument Lavrov. by saying that actually Russia is at the forefront of maintaining aid corridors in Aleppo. In fact, Russia has Okay, actually,
0: the, hold on. Let's pause there. That's actually I've been I was just reading about this. This is that is actually a very good point, and I want to play it again. Is uh, this is what's really the thing about the whole Russians and the and the and the U.S. and all of this going into Syria is if you look just at the humanitar- uh, humanitarian quarters that Russia has been setting up recently, specifically out of Aleppo, that's where that is that they you know they're gonna they're gonna lean on that as a uh, look at us being the good guys.
15: Counter that argument by saying that actually Russia is at the forefront of main containing aid corridors in Aleppo. In fact, Russia has already agreed to the 48 humanitarian pause proposed by the UN earlier this month while the U.S. has not yet agreed to that yet. The second topic on the list will be the strategic town of Lembij, which the U.S.-backed Kurdish forces has seized back from ISIS control earlier this month. Sergey Lavrov will likely initiate the debate yeah, on this brof. one by saying that the U.S.-led coalition airstrikes there has led to simply too many civilian deaths. Ouch. final topic for discussion has only emerged this week, which is Turkey's ground offensive in Syria, targeting both ISIS and Kurdish forces. On Wednesday, Turkish-backed rebels managed to take back the border town of Jarabulus from ISIS control. On Thursday, we learned that the Turkish army has fired artillery fire at Kurdish forces at the south of Jarabulus after the Kurdish fighters refused to withdraw. Here's now,
0: keep in mind like we talked about those Kurdish forces are being supported by the United States. So when they're shooting at the Kurds, they're shooting at guys that we've armed and equipped and helped train.
15: It's a clip to explain exactly who is saying what on this issue.
0: And of course they go this is the this is the thing with RT these days. I'll tell you, what, although it's kind of interesting. So if you do want to watch it, uh, I actually it's kind of cute the way they do it. They do the whole thing as a chat thread. The one part of the of the whole montage there if you want to call it. Or, it's like an infographic meets a montage. Um, is this clip, which I think I probably missed last week, of Biden telling the Kurds to step back. We are supporting the Turks here. The the, uh, the typical line had been, well, we want to work together. We want to work with everybody. But now, in this particular case, Biden's like, fall back. Fall back.
6: They must move back across the river. Move back. They cannot, will not and under no circumstances get American support oh! if they do not keep that commitment ouch
0: not good the conflicts are not good there's a lot of headwinds for Kerry's peace talks try to keep an eye on see how that goes but holy shimole let's change gears a little bit I've been fascinated following Uma Abedin or Uma recently and it appears that I'm not the only one a judge also has gotten fascinated.
13: Well, good morning, Tucker. Thanks for being here. And, uh, oh, you know, you've got some an email released exclusively to Daily Caller, just like we've had emails here at Fox & Friends.
0: So people are divvying out the emails, Judicial Watch and others. They're divvying out the emails
13: to the conservative news outlets.
19: Uh, recently released about... Uh,
13: communications for Huma Abedin, and she's under renewed scrutiny because, as the advisor to Hillary Clinton, she was the conduit to the Clinton Foundation, also split her time between the State Department and the Clinton Foundation. This is an email that you have. Uh, Cheryl Mills writes to Huma Abedin and says, this is unbelievable. She should not be, she, meaning Hillary Clinton, should not be giving her email to everyone. Abedin responds, Justin, who's a tech guy, can fix it, but I need her her berry, meaning her Blackberry, and she takes that thing to every billet, to every shower. So hard to get my hands on that she's complaining that she can't get her hands on that blackberry because hillary clinton's got it in the shower
0: it's hilarious I'm- so that's the big email release that's the big. and then they just gotta see you in kvutz about it's
8: it is, it's both a picture of internet addiction but it's also something <laughs> more so
0: i don't think it's a picture of internet addiction addiction on the blackberry there tucker
8: cheryl mills and human abedin have been around government their whole adult lives and they know just how very anxious everybody is in the executive branch about digital security That. I do agree with. But I'm going to leave it there.
0: While we're talking about the Hill Dog...
11: Well, if you are having trouble understanding what is really going on in Syria, perhaps the U.S. mainstream media has played a role. In his article called Propaganda for Syrian Regime Change, journalist... Rick Sterling says that the goal of U.S. media coverage is to, quote, prepare the public for a new war with Syria.
0: (laughs) Well, now, wait a minute. In light of Kerry's comments that the media should just stop talking about Syria, and it does seem like there's a lot more coverage these days, is it possible they're prepping the public? Are they prepping the public for Hillary chatroom? What do you think? Could this all be getting all of the excuses lined up for the dog to continue, or maybe to go, as they say, go to war, which would be more of a direct assault with the Assad regime.
11: In his article called Propaganda for Syrian Regime Change, journalist Rick Sterling says that the goal of U.S. media coverage is to, quote, prepare the public for a new war with Syria after Hillary, after Hillary Clinton becomes president to discuss his article. We're being joined now by the author, Rick Sterling, of the anti-war group, Solidarity with Syria. Rick, thanks for being with us today. So as you know, Jerry uh, condone, Vice President of Veterans for Peace, has said this. He said, quote, everything we read about Syria in the U.S. media is
0: wrong. <laughs> okay, I do, you know what? All right, so far, I agree.
11: The reality is that the U.S. government is supporting armed extremist groups who are terrorizing the Syrian people and trying to destroy Syria's secular state in order to hide that ugly reality and push violent regime change the US is conducting a psychological warfare campaign to demonize Syria's president Psy-ops. Bashar al-Assad end quote so rick can you give us some examples of what you find to be inaccurate or uh, perhaps misleading in the US mainstream media with regard yeah. to their coverage of Syria
21: Yes, I'd be happy to. uh, First, uh, a clarification. I work with the Syria Solidarity Movement. Um, But uh, regarding Jerry Condon of Veterans for Peace uh, statement, I think it's a terrific uh, development. Uh, Jerry Condon was part of a delegation that went to Syria, and they saw with their own eyes the reality. They talked with a lot of people. They were in Damascus, um, and they met with opposition groups. Yes, there are uh, peaceful opposition groups in Syria. Uh, They met with government uh, people, they met with regular citizens, Hmm. and they came away with a totally different impression uh, from what we are being told by the media. Uh, Regarding an example, uh, a great example is regarding Aleppo. Uh, If one follows PBS NewsHour and CNN and those stations, you would never have a clue that 85 to 90 percent of the population of Aleppo is in uh, the uh, part of the city controlled by the Syrian government. Uh, all we hear about are victims in the parts of the city that are, are controlled by the rebel terrorists. Uh, meanwhile, there are um, uh, hell cannon missiles being fired from the rebel terrorist zones into the uh, uh, government held areas uh, all the time, dozens and hundreds every day with lots of injured, but we never hear about those.
11: Okay, so the the rebels are actually launching attacks on the more heavily uh, populated areas, which are government controlled, is what you're saying.
21: Yeah, uh, that is correct.
11: So uh, you also wrote that that quote, uh, despite five years of tragedy and destruction, the u s. continues trying to overthrow or destroy the Syrian government. Now, uh, given the history of u s. regime change, uh, which has failed in places like Iraq and in places like Libya, <laughs> just to name a couple, why would they- Well,
0: I wouldn't say it's failed. I think that's that's being too generous, isn't it? I don't know if I'd say it's failed. I I would say it's it's the results are disastrous, that would be fair. Sure, you could argue that. Failed? No, I don't think it's failed. Uh, Saddam and Gaddafi are not in power. The government's been fractured. They're not key political players. The resources are being sw- uh, swindled or swand, swandled, I don't know, whatever. I think it's swindled by U.S. and uh, well, just Mason, actually not even U.S., but Western companies. Just look at Ukraine. Let's talk about Ukraine for a moment. Why wasn't Ukraine on our list, by the way? They consider that one a successful one, I guess? because there's some semblance of a government and that, that I, I guess I guess, that's, I guess that would mark a successful regime change. Is any regime change considered successful unless it's by those who started it? It's very confusing.
11: Uh, given the history of US regime change, uh, which has failed in places like Iraq and in places like Libya, just to name a couple, why would the, the media have us uh, believe that it might be successful this time in Syria?
21: Well, it's not just the media. It's the media, kind of in cahoots with neoconservative forces and with, with Clintonites. Basically, uh, the hawks in the U.S. establishment um, are won't give up on their regime change, regime regime change project for Syria. And I guess it comes back to what your definition of success is. If the definition of success is just to. Destabilize, disrupt, oh, and um, uh, ruin a, a country. Uh, they've actually succeeded in Libya, yeah. which, of course, is a failed state now. It's chaotic, but they did manage to overthrow a government and destabilize the whole um, at Libya and and actually the spread of terrorism beyond uh, Libya. But if uh, it's if if the objective is simply to destroy. A government that you consider an enemy—they actually succeeded, and that's that's the danger, exactly. and that's what we need to right. really come out and oppose.
11: Sure, I'm I'm sure it all boils down to how you define this. Now-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had not watched that part of it because I honestly had not interested me as much the first time through. But then, kind of knowing where it was going, I stepped. I kept watching, and I've actually found it more and more interesting. I'll tell you, I would. I, I it's interesting the different tax in Libya and Ukraine different types of regime change versus the type of regime change they're trying to do in Iraq or Syria. It's kind of the two different, the two different, uh, there, I think there's more to be behind the two different approaches that, that we have done recently. And of course there's, there's a lot of regime changes that go all the way back to the fifties that are done without hiring and arming armies of mercenaries. So it's, there's definitely different ways that they accomplish this, and I wonder which way gets decided. What, what are the factors that decide that? Which approach will we... Which, which tactic will we use for this regime change? How is that decision made? I would be really interested to know about that. Okay, I, I, we got to talk about this next story. <clears throat> oh, actually, you know what? Since I think we have a little bit of time, I wasn't going to play this on the show... Uh, I'm watching producer Matt. He's adding uh, great clips right now. Uh, Still adding clips, even as... uh, Wow, that's nuts. That is really something. All right, let's play this one, too, while we're kind of on the uh, topic of the Middle East.
22: Well, now to an important story, the rising tensions with Iran. As Fox News learns, confrontations between Iran and the U.S. Navy in the Persian Gulf nearly doubled in the first half of this year. The latest incident involving this U.S. warship and the Iranian... Revolutionary Guard Naval Patrol. It happened near the Strait of Hormuz, and of course, you know this is a strategic trade route, which is the only sea passage know. from the Persian Gulf out to the open ocean. For more on this, our Chief Washington correspondent James Rosen is live in D.C. James?
20: Jenna, good morning. You have it right. Defense Department sources tell Fox News the first half of this year already has witnessed nearly twice as many confrontations with Iranian vessels on the high
0: seas yikes and now another real-time Clip-and-Play producer Matt is clipping and I am playing in real-time ladies and gentlemen while we're on the air
22: A 60-year relationship with one of the key members of NATO may be in peril based on the anti-American sentiment that's been growing in Turkey as of late. A relationship detailed in our exclusive new look at a report by the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, which is now advising the U.S. military and NATO to come up with contingency plans for moving our military bases. Out of Turkey. Joining us now, one of the authors of that report, John Hanna, senior counselor at the Foundation for the Defense of
0: Democracies. One of our close allies, Turkey.
22: He's also former Vice President Cheney's national security advisor. But we should mention, advised both Republican and Democrat administrations.
0: I like that she's got to throw that in there. She knew she had to mention that. Oh, he's throwing in four four more clips. We're going to do another live clip, clip, uh, clip pick after this. So Nice to have you here, John. Why
22: this plan why have a contingency plan and why is that such big news
13: well I think two reasons Jenna first is that the tensions between Turkey and the United States over real policy differences have been growing the past several years. You've got an increasingly authoritarian Islamist government in Turkey that has been peddling very heavily in anti-Americanism. But not only at home is it destroying the free press and rule of law, but abroad there are awful lot of troubling relationships with terrorist groups that the United States has to be very concerned about.
22: Give us an example of one.
13: Well, clearly in in the war in Syria, uh, Turkey has in fact become the main hub and safe haven for a whole load of jihadist groups, including groups affiliated with al-Qaeda, including ISIS people believed, as well as the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas.
22: So what is the calculation then for U.S. military men and women? We have about 3,000 in Turkey at this time. We also have nuclear weapons inside Turkey. How vulnerable do you think they are?
13: Well, we've got to be increasingly concerned because terrorism uh, attacks, both by Islamic jihadists as well as by Kurdish militants inside of Turkey, have been uh, dramatically on the uptick. So we've got to be concerned, actually, about the security of our forces in those bases. Turkey, the Turkish military and Turkish security services are responsible for those forces. And as I've said, anti Americanism in, in Turkey is dramatically So You're worried on the they're rise. not
22: going to be there, that if we needed their help, that some of these. Service men and women might actually be be without help inside that
13: country. Well, I, there's a lot of turmoil. Turkey had an attempt. This at is a hell of a West clip, man. The military has been uh, lots of purges. Is going to be weakened. Whether or not we hope they can live up to that, we want to see these bases stay in our access. Turkey's the second largest uh, military inside of NATO. Has been a NATO ally for more than 60 years. We uh-huh. want to keep that. But if, on the off chance, Turkey decides it doesn't want the United off States chance. there anymore, which is an increasing uh, likely unfortunately or simply because the united states wants to send a message to turkey that you actually need the united states more than the united states needs you and right now that relationship is reversed in erdogan's mind
0: all right that's a hell of a clip producer matt just uh, live clipping and producing as we go isn't that something now we got we're going to play one more before we get back to our previously scheduled overtime i love it mm, all right i'm rolling the dice All right, how about this one? This one, just because it sounds kind of fun. Uh, okay. All right, Glenn Beck says that he's willing to go to jail rather than reveal his source, but I say it might be a little bit different.
20: There is an
0: effort to shut
20: people up. No question. And there is an effort from the government to shut people
0: up. Now, I've been reading about a story... Uh, a judge wants to know one of Glenn Beck's sources, and the story itself that this source supposedly advised Beck on was kind of dodgy to begin with. When I first read the story, my first thought was, the source says, there is no source. It's a, it's a, it's a made-up, it's a manufactured story. But then here in a moment, Beck is very cleverly about to throw his, one of his own guys under the bus, which makes me think maybe there is some fire to this smoke. You You have the government under Barack Obama
20: investigating reporters— who are leaking things, investigating whistleblowers. You currently have a...
0: You, he points to uh, his
20: co-host. ...case that I'm involved in in Boston, where the judge is saying, I have to release my confidential sources. First of all, I'm happy to say, I don't know the confidential sources. I don't know anything, but he does. Stu was there the whole time. Stu knows everything about it. I specifically said the entire time, I don't want to know any facts that <laughs> I can't go on the air This with, is interesting. And I certainly don't want to know the names of the confidential no, sources. No, no. I was asked by a reporter today. So this could mean jail time for somebody. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's worried. He's worried. I love it. I don't know what's going on there, but something's happening. Now, uh, I had some regular scheduled clips for you. This is. There's more to this story. There. Let's. Let's right now. Let's figure it out.
4: We want once again want to warn our viewers. This material is not suitable for young children.
8: to incorporate those. The lessons. Army
4: Inspector General's report reads like a salacious novel, Uh-oh. including allegations of group sex, an illicit affair, and tawdry talk over government email, all involving this man, Major General David Haight. Tonight, hate is out of a job, as experts question why it took 10 years for the government to uncover his double life.
1: So 10 years, he led a double life. And
4: only after someone filed multiple complaints against him. Uh When
1: you talk to the guys who knew him as an officer in combat in very tough circumstances, he was calm. He delivered. he He was a good soldier. He was a great commander, so it truly was a conscious decision on his part to create this this other existence. Another existence? What could it be? Did he ha- What was it?
4: According to the Inspector General, Hate's double life began in 2005 while serving in Iraq. That's where he allegedly met this woman, Jennifer Armstrong, whose name was redacted from the government report, but who confirmed her identity to USA Today. Armstrong told USA Today that she and Haight carried on an extramarital affair lasting more than 10 years, Backed up by emails, photographs, and other documents.
0: It's funny, they're phrasing it that way, but it looks like it may have actually been more like an open marriage, perhaps? Like the wife uh, he knew about it? Affairs
4: are against the Army's code of conduct and are especially frowned upon when they involve officers. Oh. But sources tell CNN it wasn't just the relationship that drew the interest of the Pentagon. According to the Inspector General, Haight and his girlfriend exchange explicit emails over Haight's government account, at times discussing specific types of sexual activities and making, quote, naughty movies.
0: Now, why would they be publishing any of this? They don't normally have to publish this. They're often very secretive. Well, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't comment. Oh, we can't, we can't reveal that information. It's an ongoing investigation.
4: Hate is also accused of using his government cell phone 84 times to call her.
0: Okay, what? Racking up
4: 1,400 minutes oh, at the Pentagon's expense that was dumb. during just one six-month period. No. Nope. But the most damning allegations revolve around the couple's, quote, swinger lifestyle, which the report goes as far as to define as engaging in group sex. <gasps> it says oh, the no. couple's photograph was posted on this website for swingers. That same photo was later found in Haidt's email, and the government report said the couple visited swingers clubs as far back as 2012 when Haidt was stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia.
0: None of that is illegal. None of that is illegal, and none of that really is a second life or a double life or a secret identity. He's not Batman. He just likes to have sex with a lot of people. That doesn't make him Batman. That just makes, he's, that's not a double life. And it's not even illegal to go to a swingers club. That is obviously a legitimate club he was at there. So this is very strange.
4: Experts say Hates alleged behavior could have put U.S. national security
0: at risk. Oh, okay. Well, okay, let's think about this. Because, uh, because he was going to be uh, blackmailed. Blackmail. But that's not that's not that exciting. You need something more than blackmail because it sounds like maybe his wife was kind of in on it. So you got to really can we amp this up? Hey, 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 guys, how can we amp this up? Uh,
4: Because Haidt held several important positions in the military, including running America's response to Russia in Eastern Europe. Sources say that if the affair and the swinging had been discovered by another country, it would have left him vulnerable to blackmail and
0: espionage. If that's true, then why are they talking about this in the public right now? None of this
1: makes any sense to me. Russia, as we know, has an incredible intelligence collection mechanism and would exploit behavior like this in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> but but, but Hillary Clinton and her emails, that's fine, that's good, that's not a national security risk. But this, oh man, Russia, don't forget about Russia, guys, because Russia is so evil and so bad that if they find out that you're having group sex, they'll they'll blackmail you. Why wouldn't
1: he at this just at that point come out and be like, yeah, I've been doing this for like a decade. It has an incredible intelligence collection mechanism and would exploit behavior like this in a heartbeat. Number one, he should have been smart enough to realize that. Number two, he should have realized that even if he's going to have this double life,
0: double life again, again, a person that has a certain sexual preference that maybe isn't in the mainstream is leaving uh, is living a double life. There's also sex shaming happening here. It's like this weird multi-level propaganda because they're outing this man and shaming him, showing pictures of it, talking, showing pictures of him in the couple, talking about going to swingers clubs. And at the same time, they're also labeling anybody that that is a swinger or goes to sex clubs or likes to have group sex. Like all of a sudden you've been sex shamed and labeled as living a second alternative lifestyle by CNN and these supposed experts. This is so weird.
1: And a heartbeat. Number one, he should have been smart enough to realize that. Should have been, that's dumb to do those things, So you're dumb. Number two, he should have realized that even if he's going to have this double life... A, a double life? ...he becomes extremely vulnerable.
4: Now the army pulled David Haidt from his post at European command for failing to quote, exhibit emplary, exemplary conduct and army values. Now he's set to retire but could be forced to do so at a lower rank Hate refused to answer questions of the Army Inspector General, but in a statement to U.S. Today, today, he said, quote, I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused my wife and family. Now, we tried to reach both Hate and Jennifer Armstrong, but we were unable to reach either one of them today, Brianna.
0: Something about that entire report creeps me the hell out. Weird. The whole thing is weird, and Chatterman speculates that maybe he was a whistleblower. Let's shake it off, let's shake
8: it off. A Russian telescope has picked up a signal from a sun-like star 94 light years from Earth. A signal strong enough, some believe, to raise the possibility that it was sent intentionally by aliens. There are other, more prosaic explanations, according to skeptics, of which there are plenty in the scientific community. Joining me now is Miles O'Brien, CNN aviation analyst and science correspondent for PBS NewsHour. Miles, I gotta say, when I first heard this story, it blew my mind. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with it. I mean, who doesn't want to believe that there's a super-advanced alien world out there trying to make contact with us? What are scientists doing right now? I mean, what do we know about this? How oh real is gosh, this? Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper!
5: Everybody. Well, let's uh, turn the clock back a little bit, Anderson. This discovery, whatever it was, was in May of 2015. The Russians didn't really tell anybody about it. They tried to replicate it, aimed their telescope at this star several times, upwards of 39 times, I'm told and could never hear the signal a second time. So, there's a lot of skepticism in the scientific community right now. Maybe it was a passing aircraft using its radar, maybe a satellite using microwave, we just don't know. Then again,
0: uh, I present you right here, case in point, How you can't always really rely on uh, technology. Last week, we wrapped up the overtime with a story of the flying bum. Uh, This is just to re-jog your memory in case uh, you don't recall or you didn't catch overtime last week.
19: The world's longest aircraft finally took to the skies on its maiden flight this week.
9: The AirLander 10's creators say the plane can land just about anywhere and stay aloft for days on end without refueling.
19: So that's
0: pretty nice. You can land this damn thing just about anywhere.
9: Jonathan Vigliotti visited the aircraft in its hangar north of London.
0: Measuring in around the width and
20: length of a football field, the AirLander 10 is not what you'd call conventional. The world's longest aircraft is, in fact, a Frankenstein of technologies, taking the shape and lift benefits of a blimp and combining them with the maneuverability of a helicopter and the load capacity of a small cargo plane.
0: Bring you up here. So that is the flying bum. We talked about that last week. Uh, a surveillance nuts dream. Well, that is unless you can't land the damn thing. Here's an update from that story last week. Take a look. There goes the flying bomb. And it smashes into the ground. Wow. Wow
6: Uh, Wow is right. The world's uh, largest aircraft had a bumpy landing in England today. (laughs) The Airlander 10, a mixture of a blimp, helicopter, and plane took some damage as it attempted to land after its (laughs) test flight in Bedfordshire. This is just the second test flight of the 300-foot aircraft. There's no word on what caused the accident, but all the crew are safe and unharmed. That's the uh, calmest crash I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It all comes full circle on your unfiltered show. Well, that was fun. We had some last-minute clip submissions by producer Matt that I'm really glad made it into the show. There's a stories we'll be following. Next week's promising to be another crazy news week. Thank you for your support over at patreon.com unfiltered unfilter. Live time's at jupiterbroadcastingcom calendar. JBLive.tv is where you watch it. Unfilter.reddit.com is where you submit the content and the stories. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you back here next week.
3: Omg, omg, omg. I just can't.
21: the EU.
4: That's how we go, uh, uh, that's how we work.